Welcome to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. Industry updates and best practice to promote, support, develop and protect the Scottish red meat sector. In the current crisis, we cannot stay in physical contact with one another. By and large, we're cut off from family members, friends, colleagues. You can't meet up at work, at the mart or even over the farm gate. But it's still really important to keep in touch, to try and stay informed. To that end, Quality Meat Scotland are producing this series of podcasts, not just to offer you industry updates, but also to discuss best practice to promote and protect the Scottish red meat sector. I'm Mark Stephen, and this week I'm joined by Fergus Ewing, the Scottish Government's Cabinet Secretary for the Rural Economy. We're both doing this from home, understandably, so we'll start with the normal thing. Fergus, can you hear me okay? Yes, uh, I can hear you loud and clear, Mark. Thank you. Good stuff. Well, I take it you'll be spending a fair amount of time online at the moment. Virtually all day on on conference calls, (laughs) chatting to people about keeping the rural economy going. Since coronavirus has struck... What have you and your team been doing to ensure that production can carry on in the red meat sector? There's a huge number of things that uh, are being done. And it's good that the farming sector, the red meat sector, is carrying on. And it's a tremendous tribute to the farmers, the processors, those that work in our abattoirs, those that supply the feed, the hauliers that are operating with social distancing applying. Everyone has had to adapt to the requirements of COVID to keep themselves and their employees safe. And I'm really struck by how seriously the main players in the red meat world, if you like, have taken this very seriously to keep their staff safe. It's important. There's a huge amount of activity going on, and some of it has been to make regulations a bit more flexible, simply to allow things to happen. The Food Standards Agency have been superb. We work with the the trade body, the Scottish Association of Meat Wholesalers. In fact, we just had a a conference call, Mark, with them just yesterday evening, you know, where leading processors and uh, owners of uh, slaughterhouses were on the phone discussing the overall market situation. And the last thing is, of course, the primary producers, the most important people of all, the farmers, many of whom are working without the labour that they would have in previous years. One farmer I know quite well says he's lost a stone because he's been doing the lambing this year. Uh, (laughs) But on the serious side, though, what we have been doing is to make sure that farmers and crofters and land managers are in receipt of the CAP payments, the Common Agricultural Policy payments, Pillar 1, Elfast, Suckler Beef and the Convergence payments. And I'm very, very proud of the work that the public servants in the ARPID offices, over 600 of them have done, mostly from home, in getting the payments out to farmers and crofters. So at least they have the money that they have earned in their bank accounts and uh, are therefore able to to cope better with the, the COVID crisis. So that's the farming end, but further down the line, as you were well aware, we've got some world-class brands, Scotch beef, Scotch lamb, specially selected pork. Have you and your team been speaking to retailers about promoting those brands, ensuring they've actually got them on the shelves? Yes, we we, we have. and You're absolutely right. We we have good relations with the supermarkets. And there's lots of things we're doing. Firstly, to do even more to promote our world-class brands, Scotch beef, Scotch lamb, specially selected pork. These are world-class quality. We're really proud of them. 
they're nutritious, they're tasty and delicious. And uh, we want to make sure that the PGIs in some form continue. So we, we have been working with the supermarkets. Many of them, Mark, are doing a great deal already to promote our high quality red meat. But we do think more can be done. And therefore, we are asking all of them to rise to the occasion to use their collective consumer reach to promote Scottish and capitalise maybe on an opportunity to capture the public imagination. And myself and and, uh, the Minister for Rural Affairs, Marie Goujon, have spoken individually to all grocer retailers to do things like seek assurances that payment times will be tightened to help small business and also to ensure equity of supply so that the people and communities in, in our islands and more remote parts of Scotland receive enough food and provisions to keep them going. And we've also been doing practical things to help the supermarkets, for example, flexing the delivery times when goods can be delivered to urban premises, because in in peacetime, as it were, the restrictions about nighttime deliveries, because there are more difficulties for hauliers, these have been flexed, as have drivers' hours rules and working with the UK government to push for relaxation of competition law in respect of retail and dairy. So an awful lot of this work is technical and maybe a little bit uh, humdrum, but it's all very important to keep the whole sector going in a time when the physical constraints make that really quite a challenge. Do you think the public perception of farming is changing? I mean, in in your opinion, are people realising that being able to produce your own food nationally is actually quite a good thing? I hope so. I mean, I've long thought that speaking to everybody involved in the red meat world and in the farming sector more widely, that they do a splendid job in producing high quality food to the highest welfare standards in the world with Food Standards Scotland ensuring that the highest standards of hygiene and food safety are are observed. So these are things that we really shouldn't take for granted. And I think maybe, Mark, one of the consequences of the COVID crisis is people are rethinking what's really important. Is it important that we get the cheapest food from halfway around the globe that's come over here in a super tanker? Or is it better that we value our own produce produced in Scotland, whether it's meat, fish, milk, potatoes, vegetables, soft fruit, we really do have high quality here. And I think, and I hope that one of the kind of legacies of the COVID period will be a reset of of attitudes. And this is where I think with a kind of national endeavour with uh, our retailers, we can make a a difference, uh, a long-term systemic difference for the better, showing that we we actually value our farmers, our crofters, the work they do, and do that by showing our appreciation at the supermarket tills. We are a long way from being through this yet, but what do you think the main challenges ahead will be for the Scottish red meat industry? There's, there's no shortage of challenges, but so many of the farmers I've met in all sectors, but, but particularly perhaps in the red meat sector, are very resilient. They're very tough types. I mean, how many of us would regularly start work at uh, 6, 6.30 in the morning? I might get a row for, from some of my farmer pals for saying that, uh, you know, they've already had their second breakfast by then. But, but how many of us are actually prepared to work as hard as these guys do? They are really resilient. We, we are uh, obviously concerned that the economic consequences of, of COVID 
may result in a, a reduction in spending power and that may affect the quality meat sector. The possibility of importation of cheap meats following Brexit is, is something that hasn't gone away. Importation of, of uh, meat from countries in the world which we believe do not meet the high standards that we have here, which I've alluded to earlier. Then there are various worries about the imposition of taxes and tariffs. And again, in the absence of clarity about Brexit, we don't really know how serious these may be, both in respect of importation and exportation. Although there is a, a, a serious risk of, of tariffs on, on Scotch lamb, which I think around about one third of the total of which annual production goes to the EU. I think that farmers perhaps feel even more that there are sort of those who disagree with farming full stop or, or those who, who choose to be vegans or vegetarians, and that's absolutely fine. I think what farmers don't like is that people who have their own beliefs dictating to other people what they should eat. Certainly in the run-up to COVID, I felt that many farmers were feeling a bit beleaguered, a bit on the back foot about that. And, and part of my job, I think, is I hope in a reasonable way to champion the huge benefits of high-quality Scottish produce, whether it's red meat, whether it's our, our beef, our delicious steaks and cuts of beef, or whether it's indeed Scotch milk which is highly nutritious and good for young bones and uh, fending off osteoporosis and things like that. So my job is to champion the work that the Scottish red meat sector do. I really love doing this. I think we've got a great series of products. And as an optimist, I know that there are big challenges at the moment, but my hope and expectation is that we will rise to these challenges and overcome them and the way to do that is to reach out to the people of Scotland and Britain in particular, but in future also access valuable export markets uh, once the COVID crisis has uh, been overcome, which, uh, which we all hope that it will in due course. Nobody sensible is doing much in the way of crystal ball gazing at the moment. The ball's very much up in the slates, but I'm curious. I mean, any thoughts on what do you think life will look like for the industry when we come out to the other side of this crisis? There's an awful lot of innovation going on. There's a lot of application of agronomy, of science. The beef efficiency scheme, although it has some critics, has, I think, focused minds on the desirability of efficiency, the use of innovative methods in terms of the size and preferred weight of animals at slaughter, the various techniques in respect of the, the most effective types of grass. And then there's the whole debate about climate change and reduction of emissions. And one of the pieces of work which I put in train shortly before the lockdown mark was to ask uh, Jim Walker to lead a committee to give recommendations about how to produce beef in a green fashion. And I know that uh, Jim and his committee have done a power of work, and we hope that that report will be with us fairly soon. And we do have uh, the prospect of, of uh, coming up with policies to adapt to the, the green agenda. And I think the younger generation, by which I, I mean those under around about 40, are looking to see that the food they eat is locally sourced, they want to know about the provenance, and above all, they want to know that it's been produced in a green fashion and with high welfare standards. 
But, you know, if there's one thing I would like to see when we come out of this, it's that Scotland is recognised as being the best place, the best climate, the most suitable weather patterns in order to rear high quality red meat. There is nowhere else in the world that is more suited for that purpose. So I think that there are signs for optimism and hope in the future. And uh, I'm very proud to be a champion of Scottish red meat and the farmers that produce such high quality, delicious meat for us all to enjoy. If you'd one main message, Fergus, that you'd like to put out to QMS stakeholders, the farmers, the auction marts, the butchers, polyers, processors, what would that be? I think uh, the, the main message is that we absolutely support the work that you do. We're pretty hands-on in the sense that we try to understand the practicalities of the problems by listening to the people in the industry. I'm never happier than when I'm out at the, the marts at Stirling or, or Lanark when I'm going around speaking to processors or other players in the in the meat chain, or when I'm sitting at the farmyard kitchen table speaking to farmer about the market conditions. And although the beef sector in particular faces significant commercial pressures, I do think that there are signs for optimism, both in the, the green agenda and grabbing that in the way that I've just described, but also in shifting public opinion so that there is a kind of national endeavour in favour of everybody in these islands supporting our farmers and the great uh, food that they produce. Fergus, I very much appreciate you taking the time to speak to us. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Mark. It's been a pleasure and thanks for doing this this programme. I think those that listen to it will learn a bit more probably from the other contributors who, who are working so hard on the chain, but it's a, it's a great thing. So thank you very much. Fergus Ewing there, the Scottish Government's Cabinet Secretary for the Rural Economy. Thanks very much to you for downloading this QMS podcast. If you'd like to hear previous episodes, just visit qmscotland.co.uk and you can also find recipes and videos about how to prepare Scotch beef and lamb and specially selected pork at Scotch Kitchen. That's all one word, scotchkitchen.com or follow Scott's Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. I'm Mark Stephen. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you for listening to the Quality Meat Scotland podcast. For news and to listen back to previous episodes of the podcast, visit qmscotland.co.uk. For Scotch beef, Scotch lamb and specially selected pork recipe videos and inspiration, visit www scotchkitchen.com or follow Scotch Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.